Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Monique Allen about how she helps entrepreneurs build a high integrity business while living a rich life. Monique is the CEO of The Garden Continuum, a seven-figure regenerative landscape company with a vibrant triple bottom line mission to serve the planet and people profitably. She is the author of Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping, a guidebook for the successful development of landscapes. She's also the founder of The Lifescape Method and the principal business guide at The Lifescape Coach. Welcome, Monique. Thank you so much for having me, Virginia. Thanks for being with us today. (laughs) So how did you get to be where you are? (laughs) I love that question. It's like, well, let's go back to when I was three. No, let's not. (laughs) You know, when I was uh, when I was a teenager, I was definitely lost. I didn't have real aspiration uh, to do anything in particular, though. My dad was self-employed, an immigrant. And so I saw self-employment as a very normal thing. And so I was ambitious in that sense of I can create stuff, but I didn't know what stuff I wanted to create. Like there was no stuff to create. So when I was in college, very directionless, I met a young man who invited me to come and mulch with them one day. And I wasn't really sure what he was asking me to do. But, you know, that was it, right? It was just some random experience that got me outside working. And I loved it. I just, I really liked it. It was it was fun. It was physical. It was outside. And uh, it was like, you know, all you need sometimes when you got a tinderbox is a little spark. And that was the little spark. And so I just kept pulling on that thread. And almost 40 years later, I'm still in the landscape industry. I did a degree in entrepreneurship and then I started doing different certificate programs and degree programs in design, horticulture, ecology, and conservation. And I just kept growing because the industry is so vast and and built this company. And each iteration of being in business has been a little different, right? So every decade, things change a little. My industry has changed a lot. And it's required me to learn a lot and be nimble through recessions and a pandemic. And, you know, you just, you have to, you have a marriage, children, birth, like, you know, just trying to figure out how to grow business. And in 2014, I was approached by somebody um, who asked me for help. Uh, with their business. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, we can have coffee. Like, we'll just, you know, let's chit chat. She's like, nope, no coffee. I want to hire you. And I was like, okay. Now, and I had been hiring coaches at this point. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So I brought this to one of my coaches. And she said to me, this is a gift from the universe. You figure out a way to work equitably with this person, try it on for size and decide if you like it. And I cannot tell you how it was like, ooh, new tinderbox, new spark. <laughs> and so that was born and I've been doing that ever since. So I'm continuing to work my flagship company while also um, coaching. And that means that I've had to start to build a management team that is more self-managing within this company so that I can work the coaching uh, a little bit more regularly and predictably. 
And that's, that's how I got here. (laughs) That's fun. So have you found it hard to step back into more of a CEO role rather than a getting your hands dirty role? That's a good one. I, so I stepped back in, in uh, 2000, I started to step back. So this company, the Garden Continuum, is the development, the corporate development of the company that I had before, which was called Second Nature. Uh, but when I picked that name, I didn't know about checking to see whether you could incorporate a name. And when I went to incorporate the name, it was taken and I couldn't do it. So I had to change the name. But I um, I incorporated because I was pregnant and I thought, hmm, maybe I need to think a little bit different about my business structure if I'm going to build a family. And um, so I was still very involved, but I literally couldn't all the time. So I was forced into figuring out ways to have people help me. And the beautiful thing is for a period of time, my husband actually worked for me. And so that gave me that peace of mind that I had somebody that, you know, was just as vested in the business as I was. But then as time went on, I, you know, I wanted all the control back. And so it was just better for us to part ways. And he's still my husband, but he doesn't work here anymore. So, so it was definitely difficult. And I will tell you, there were many tears, many tears for not being the one dividing the day lilies and having my hands in the soil. But I started to see all of the potential of other ways to develop my business. And I call myself now a gardener of people rather than a gardener of plants. And it's just the way the universe took me. That's fun. So who would you say is your ideal client? So I call my ideal client in the landscape industry, a high awareness homeowner with means. So I never talk about high end client because I don't, I'm really not interested in people's economic status other than they can actually afford to pay me. I'm really interested in high awareness. And when I say high awareness, they are very interested in uh, the planet, in ecology and in the work they're doing on their land. And when I'm looking at business owners, I'm looking for that similar sense of high awareness. I'm looking for people who are heart centered, who uh, believe in triple bottom line. So they are looking at planet people and profits and not shortchanging one for the other. And that can be very, very hard to do because in order to truly invest in the planet and the people, you do actually give up some of the profit, but you can still be profitable. And so it's important to me that people will choose those higher, just those, those higher places to put our meaning um, than just money. And that's really a requirement on in both businesses. That's been extremely consistent. With the garden continuum, do you work virtually with people with anyone or are they usually just local? So all of our clients are local because it's a tactile business. We actually work on their properties However, I have definitely learned how to leverage the information that we put out there in a digital capacity. So we have a really beautiful marketing um, platform where I can, I love open source learning. And so I've been uh, writing since back when, before the book, uh, you know, back when you did a newsletter and you like fold it in half and like licked a stamp. 
And so blogging has been huge and that has built a really beautiful following for the garden continuum and now also for the Lifescape Coach. And I now do, even before the pandemic, I we do, we're really hyper-selective about who we'll work with. And so with all of the work we've done on the website, it helps to draw like your ideal clients in because everything you're writing is hopefully getting them, they're on there searching and they land on you because you have the perfect answer. And so I do all of those initial complimentary connections uh, online or on the phone. And that has been really, really great because landscapers are generally spending a lot of time running around and looking at properties and running around and meeting people and not making any money. So I don't do that at all anymore. And the only way I ever land on a property is if someone has actually made the decision to hire the garden continuum. And on the coaching side, of course, a lot of that is digital. Yeah, for sure. So how do you get in front of your ideal clients in both spaces? In both spaces, I would say it is, it is, it's through the education-based marketing online. So writing the blogs, certainly writing the book for the garden continuum, being on podcasts has been enormous. And it really is about giving really, really good information for free, like just putting it out in the world, making sure you have good keywords, making sure your SEO is working. Um, I'm on the HubSpot platform for both businesses. So we practice inbound marketing strategies. I have an amazing inbound partner. And so everything is optimized so that my organic turnover, the organic lead generation is really, really high. It took a long time to to build that, but I've been doing this for about six, six years, maybe seven years. We have more leads than we know what to do with in the garden continuum. And in the Lifescape Coach, it's new. So it's just that uh, that website was launched uh, in January of this year. And we're going right down the path. And usually that'll take about 18 months before everything really um, gets, you know, gets rolling. But the beautiful thing is that this is something that any business can do. It's just it's a methodology, this idea of giving high value information, working the inbound channels, and then really attracting the most ideal people um, for you, which means, of course, you've got to define who's your most ideal <laughs> client, which takes a little work too, but um, but it's all doable. And it it's really, like, it's proven. Like, I, I personally, I've seen it and I've seen it in other clients that it just works amazing. That's fun. Is there kind of a common, I don't really want to say mistake, but like a common trend that, your clients make before they start working with you? Yeah. So um, on the business side, which I think is probably more what your audience would be interested in is the the biggest mistake I see. So I work with emerging and entrenched entrepreneurs. So emerging, you know, basically they're not brand new. So most people have been in business for a little bit and they are actually starting to see money coming in. And they're in that, those first moments of pain where, the money is coming in, but like people really want them and they just, there's just not enough of them to go around. And in, in the entrenched, it's the old ways aren't working and they, they really have to make a change. And the entrenchment is such that they just, ugh, you know, it's like they can't get out of the rut. So those are the two that seem, you know, to come to me. 
And I think the the most common mistake I see is grinding. It's this like put your head down and just grind through it. Like as opposed to lifting your head up and and looking around and being like, what could I do differently? Like, how am I standing in my own way? How am I isolating? How am I self-isolating? And I see that when that dialogue happens, when we start talking about that, there is this moment of, oh my goodness, I can't believe that this is what I've been doing to myself. And then, and then, and then the wheels start turning, right? And then all the brilliance that made that person an awesome entrepreneur to begin with starts to rekindle. And that overwhelm starts to fade a little because they're like, yes, I can. Of course I can do this. So it's really that it's that head down, grind through, make it that that gets us into this isolated place, which I think breeds overwhelm. So that that's the one that I see repeated. And I see re, I see it repeated in a lot of different types of businesses, um, certainly in the landscape industry and the trades. Because because trade people are workers at heart, like they just they're workers at heart. Yes, that's what they do best, right? That's how they yeah. got to where they are. <laughs> For sure. What is a big goal or two that you're looking to achieve in the next year? So the 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 two big goals, if I if I look at both of the companies, one big thing that I wanted to do was uh, develop this self-managing style for the garden continuum. And one thing that is very hard for founders, me included, is you know, being the answer person or the go-to person and Sometimes it just requires removing yourself in order to let the people shine. And many years ago, I removed myself by creating a new office space for myself where I'm literally separated from my team. And, you know, initially there was some fight. There was like, you can't, that's, you can't be out of the office and and now, of course, it's the best thing because they're quite autonomous. They own that office and I'm visiting them. It's really not there in my office. I'm visiting theirs, right? And so I took that to the next level this year. And I'm working squarely in uh, the garden continuum Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And on Mondays and Fridays, I'm doing my coaching work or I'm also a newly minted yoga teacher. So I'm doing a lot of yoga teaching. And <clears throat> so I've created this change which is really interesting and you know the truth is I don't always not come here on Monday and Friday but <laughs> you know nobody heard that right so uh, that my goal is to get to a point where I really am not here at all on Mondays or on Fridays and uh, my team is managing more so it's a work in progress which is great and then in in the um in the lifescape coach I'm working on a new book which is taking the lifescape method uh, that I built for the garden continuum and using it, using nature and the lifescape method in business building. So the lifescape method was very simple. There were three tenants, organized, healthy, and wow, that, that in order to develop land, we need those three tenants. We really do. The problem is that the industry and the media love wow, right? So they always want to lead with wow, you know, buy a red chair, buy a hydrangea, buy a fire pit, where to put it. That's your problem. You know, but rather what we have to do is we have to think or our brains want organization or we go a little nutty and organization is on a continuum and health. Same thing. It's on a continuum, but 
really to be to be vibrant and to be in a state of joy. We need health. And those two things create the perfect foundation for wow, for a little bling and a little pizzazz and a little fun. And as I was building this for the landscape, I realized, wait a second, this is exactly how you build a business too. You know, this is exactly how you build a family. And this is where we get vibrance. And this is where this sort of high integrity, rich life came from. And um, so I've outlined the book and I'm I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to keep working on that while I develop the, um, I have a regenerative business community and I'm continuing to develop that, which is, you know, which has been super fun. So those are my two, my two works in progress. <laughs> How would those affect your business? So I think that, that again, I use myself as kind of the lab, you know, myself, my business is the lab where I'm always studying and always trying to understand my developmental process so that I can be a better coach for my clientele, uh, business owners. And I'm not interested in having, you know, a specific blueprint and telling you this is what you do first, this is what you do second, this is what you do third. Instead, I'm looking for more of that organic developmental discussion that's going to help somebody move forward. So I believe that as I do the work to build a self-managing team and allow myself to pull back from this company. I'm doing more and more of the work that guarantees that my business is truly my business and not just my job. And in that, I believe I'm modeling that very well for the people who are also interested in doing that. And then that will evolve that side um, of my work. And writing the book I don't know, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment because writing books is not easy. The first one was hard, but I'm just called to do it. And so hopefully that book will help me to gain the same kind of clarity that the first book helped me to gain. You know, hopefully people will buy it too. But really what I've learned about the book writing process is it's really an internal mining of your own mind, heart you know, your soul to figure out what it is you're doing. So I hope I get better. And if I get better, the businesses get better. <laughs> It'll be fun to discover what you learn and um, realize about yourself within that journey of your second book. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to stick with it. And <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel is your number one roadblock from you achieving those goals? Uh, probably the thing that we were talking about when I, um, <laughs> when I got on the call, you know, it's like overscheduling myself. I have a lot of energy and, and then I, I think I don't realize when my energy is waning. I think I'm getting better at that the older I get. And I think yoga is actually helping me with that tremendously. So I think that's a roadblock. I sometimes feel like, yeah, you know, I think that's my main roadblock, trying to do too much at once too fast. I think that my my work in this lifetime is is to learn how to like slow down and have a have a little bit of a gentler pace and it'll get done and I'll be a little less about it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. my number one. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's my number one. <laughs> what is the best advice that you have ever been given? Oh, uh, you know, hands down, I will tell you the best advice I ever got was I was probably about 12 years ago, I was really in a in a way, just in a state, and I felt like I could not find the help that I needed, and I was really overburdened. And I was talking to a fellow contractor, and he looked at me, and without skipping a beat, and without even trying to be profound, he just said to me, you know, Monique, nobody's coming to rescue you. And I was like, what did you just say to me? Like, it's not like I just said, oh, I'm looking for a knight in shining armor. Like I was immediately like kind of offended. And like, what are you saying to me? And I just gave him a look. And I remember he looked back at me and he goes, oh, I mean it. There is no one hire or one answer or one client or anything that's going to change where you are right now. You are your own rescuer. You, you know, the things you decide, the incremental things you decide and the incremental systems that you build, that is how you're going to spiral up. And there's, you know, it's not like you're you're overboard and someone's going to throw you a lifeline and pull you out and everything's going to be fine. And it was so simple. But it was also like a little bit of a gut punch because I from that moment on. I literally stopped having that sense that I needed to find like the perfect employee or the perfect client or the, like, I just stopped. I just stopped. I, I was able to now say, what's the one thing I need to solve? What's the one piece? And then I, it also helped me to now hire people and say, okay, what is the central, what is the central thing that you're bringing, you know, and what's the thing that you're never going to bring? And what's the thing that we can grow? in our relationship together. That was profound advice. It's been different ever since I got that advice. I'm sure your energy around that changed too. Yes, for for sure. Because I don't even think I was, I don't think in my head, I was saying I'm looking for an employee to rescue me. But what I know now is when I, so a lot of work I do with people, I do a lot of work around team building. That's my sweet spot. And a lot of the owners that come to me, especially ones that have never hired W-2 employees, they write this job description and it's like this, oh my gosh, job description, right? And I say to them, you know, that person doesn't exist, right? Like that, because that person is me and I wouldn't work for you. That person is you and you're already you. So you need to like slice and dice this into its most important factors. And that's probably four employees. And then you need to decide which is the one you need first. And then you keep everything else. And I always get the big wide eyed, like, what are you saying to me? So I think what I was doing is a very common thing that people who are looking to hire do. And so Again, as I was telling you, as I develop, it helps me to see what the roadblocks are in front of the entrepreneurs that I'm working with. And because I am entrenched in it, I am actually doing it on a day-to-day basis. It's not like I'm separate from the world that they live in. I'm actually in the world they live in. I just happen to be 
you know, a few decades ahead of them. And so I've lived things that they've, you know, that they're going through. But yeah, energetically, hiring is a completely different thing now. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot more peace and calm around it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it was brilliant. It was a brilliant comment. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't stay upset at him for too long. <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I, to this day, I'm just like, oh, thank you. That was so great. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever given? Ooh. You know, I think, I think the best advice I've ever given is not really my, mine in the sense that you know, I own the commentary, but I, I think that the best thing that I do for the people who work for me, because they come from the construction world and the landscape world and the trades is helping people to understand the difference between reacting and responding. And what, I mean, the industry is changing a lot, but like the trades are very much behind, let's say corporate uh, in the sense that, you know, took us a long time to be smarter about, uh, you know, diversification within within the company's uh, inclusion, you know, better speech practices, you know, harassment, like all of that. Like it just takes the, con the construction industry is just like lagging, right? And so a lot of us who've been in it for a long time, the way we were motivated by anybody was to be yelled at. And uh, the way a lot of bosses acted was, you know, ah, you know, tearing their hair out and whatever. And so I get people who have kind of grown up in that world and then they want to act that way here. And we're like, yeah, no, 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 no. I didn't know. So I do a lot of training around self-reflection, you know, what's in your control, what's out of your control how to be in the moment, how to, how to respond instead of react and responding always takes a pause. And I have seen, I mean, I have people who, you know, have been with me 10, 12, 15 years and people who've been with me five or six years even. And the people that they are now and the way I watch them interact with each other now compared to how they were when I got, when they got here is so different. And it's literally that same teaching over and over and over again. Was that a reaction or was it re a response? Can you see the difference? Can you take a breath, even walk away before you come back and think through what you're going to say next so that it's a response and not a reaction? And it's such, again, it's such an incredibly simple thing, but I don't, I think it's things that they have, they weren't taught. They weren't either taught at home or at school or at work. And that one consistently amazes me when I see when people understand that, how easily they can put it into practice. Right. And it takes some self-discipline too, in order to not do what you naturally want to do, or, you know, like that instantaneous reacting. Of course. And I love, um, we did with one of my teams, my management team, several years ago, we went through the daring, uh, daring, not daring, dare to lead the Brené Brown's book, dare to lead. And there was a thing that she had in there, which was about, you know, the rumble and being able to 
come up to somebody and say, hey, do you have a minute? I, I need to have a little rumble with you. And have that be a way to open the door to say, maybe I was uncomfortable about something that you did and I need to talk to you about it, but I love you. I just want to have a little rumble. And it's I, I have found in the past that it's harder for people to be self-aware in isolation that it is, than it is for them to be self-aware in community. So we do a lot of this tr- training in a community setting. And so everybody's hearing it. And then we also give each other permission to call each call each other out kindly with compassion and, you know, a little preamble, say maybe you need a rumble, do it away from other people so that you're not putting somebody on display and making them feel terrible. And and that self-awareness then increases because they realize that the other people in the room also heard the thing and also they're just more willing because they gave somebody permission. So if that person they gave permission to comes up and says, Hey, I need to have a little chat with you. They're like, Oh, okay. What I do, you know? And it's a little more like, Oh, I screwed up. Didn't I? And there's a little humor to it. So yeah, the self-awareness just grows, but it's practice, right? You got to practice it. It doesn't just come naturally for a lot of us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any tips for us on how to build a vibrant business and live a rich life? I do. I think that the, you know, the biggest and most important thing, and this is something that changes over time, is to, to ask the really hard question about where your joy is. Like, where are you in joy? Read a book probably know it, The Big Leap. And in the book, he they describe this these quadrants where there's, you know, incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. And these are the, the zones of our capability. And I remember reading that and feeling like, wow, that is that is spectacular. And then at the same time, not really knowing where am I excellent? Where am I where wait a minute, where am I you know, and then starting to assess everything I did based on those four squares and, you know, realizing that when it comes to like returning stuff, I am incompetent. Like I literally will let the thing just rot on my table before I return it. Right. And it, it just money lost. So I have a team that helps me with that or my daughter helps me with that. Like I just, you know, I just can't. And then like with accounting stuff, and bookkeeping, I'm incredibly competent at, but it literally sucks the life out of me. And so I shouldn't be doing it. So I now have an amazing bookkeeper that does it and a staff that works with the bookkeeper. I'm excellent at gardening. I just, I am, I'm just excellent at it. And I really love to do it and I have fun doing it, but it's not my highest work. And when I get myself caught up in it, I actually am wasting time. Where I'm genius is in that place where there's chaos and somebody needs to find the order there. I have a gift to be able to find order and chaos. And so I need to place myself in those particular situations and insulate myself from other areas. That took me a long time to figure out how to say. And I think that anybody who wants to really have a high integrity business What they're doing is they're doing that exercise for themselves, and then they're helping their team do that exercise so that they can understand 
where they're going to be at their highest value. So a lot of times, one of the mistakes I see is that we're trying to get everybody to do the same things all the same amount, right? You, you, you're terrible at that. We got to get you better at that. Well, why? Maybe just have somebody else do that and have them do what they're fantastic at. Yeah, and just reorganize those that are already on the team. Right, exactly. So I think it's that level of thinking that really helps you to lift the integrity of your business. And when that happens, your life becomes so much richer. You're around people who are tasting the richness of life. And I'm not really talking about monetary wealth, though that is an offset of it. I'm talking about satisfaction and joy and a feeling of accomplishment and pride so that you, you're you sovereign in your day-to-day. And I just feel like that's an exercise that anybody can do. And, uh, you know, buy, buy the book. It's great. Big leap. And, and try it out. <laughs> take that leap. <laughs> yeah, take that leap. <laughs> Jump that fishbowl. <laughs> I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Is there anything that you wanted to share with us that we haven't touched on yet? Well, I would just I would just invite anyone who likes anything I said about either of the two businesses to visit my websites, thegardencontinuum.com or thelifescapecoach.com and just see what I'm about. There's so much free content. So you can just get more of this for free. And if it takes you down to a road of maybe connecting with me about working together, that'd be fabulous. Awesome. Sounds fun. And we will keep in touch. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.